Welcome to Thigh for Life's podcast, where we talk about thyroid health and share experiences of living with thyroid-related challenges. If you're new to Thigh for Life, it is a mobile platform built for the 400 million people with thyroid conditions worldwide to effectively manage and optimize their health. Hello and welcome to Thigh for Life's fifth episode. My name is Jillian. I am your host and today I'm with Callie Harvey talking about her journey through a thyroidectomy. Callie, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with us today. Uh, before we begin talking about the questions, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you like to do for fun just to get to know you a little bit better? Um, so my husband and I love to go camping. We have two dogs. Uh, we have a small pug and then we have a golden retriever. So we have small dog, big dog. Um, but they love to go camping with us. Uh, the pug does not like the cold. So we try to do it on a warmer day. Um, but we like to do that. We like to go on walks together, hikes together. Um, it's finally getting a little bit warmer in Northern Virginia. So we're, we're taking advantage of that warm weather right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to have a golden retriever myself, actually, oh. and um, we had we also had a smaller dog, and he was the big dog, small dog, and big dog. And <laughs> most people don't think that works, but for spe- spe- specifically like the golden retriever, um, my dog was very personal and he was so fun and loving that he loved the little dog and any big dogs he was very intimidated by and yes he, uh, so it like it worked it really did work and a lot of people don't think it does but um that's awesome I love it um okay first off I just wanted to ask you so if you wanted to tell us a little bit about your story um what when you got diagnosed when you found out you had to get your thyroid m- removed and what kind of um, what other treatments that you've had Uh, Absolutely. So it's kind of a weird story. So it was August 2019. I was playing in like a rec league flag football with my friends and I got a really bad concussion during one of the games. I ran into somebody and I hit the ground and then my head hit the turf. Um, So I started getting really sick and throwing up and everything. So I went to the ER for the to get a a head scan um, because my mother met me at the hospital and was insisting on a head scan. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't think I need all that. And she was like, no, it's your head. Let's get it looked at. Um, Turns out they saw, that's where they saw tumors along my thyroid. And so they were like, "Uh, no concussion or no um, brain injuries, but there is a tumor that we see. We see a smaller one and a larger one. Um, The larger one is kind of what worries us. So you might want to go get that looked at. Um, and so, you know, later that month started just the whole, um, research into doctors and everything. And so then I got a fine needle aspiration done on the tumors and I was officially diagnosed with, um, papillary carcinoma. And so then I was referred to the surgeons and, and, um, an endocrinologist to go get more blood work and everything looked at. Um, I had to get neck ultrasounds and it turned out that the bigger tumor actually was not really the issue. The smaller, smaller one was more calcified and it had more um, cancerous cells that they were worried about. So then I got a full thyroidectomy, full thyroidectomy done in January of 2020. 
And since then, I mean, the whole year um, after that surgery was just up and down with my numbers and balancing hormones and medication dosage. Um, and now I'm officially three years since um, I've had decent labs since then. I've been told that I've been in the clear. Um, and so, yeah, I had to do my body scans. I believe I did get two body scans each year, um, which comes with the low iodine diet and everything with that. Um, I had to get the RAI treatment once, and that was the first body scan after my thyroidectomy was performed just because they saw a little bit of residual tissue left behind and they were just nervous, nervous about that. So I did the REI treatment with that. Um, but then my second body scan, everything looked clear. And so since then, I haven't had any um, major issues that they've seen in a scan or on an ultrasound or anything. Um, my blood has been up and down and we've just had to alter dosages and stuff with my medication. Um, but other than that, on paper, it looks good. But, you know, obviously we struggle with with the hormones and the energy and all the other symptoms that come with it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's um, that's crazy that you just went out to play. Was it flag football? You said that. Yeah, with some friends I know. Then... I had no other major symptoms that mm-hmm. I felt like really alarmed me. Like I don't think I had anything with. I didn't have any bulging in my neck. I didn't feel like anything when I swallowed. I think maybe looking back, I was probably more fatigued than I should have been. Like I think I was taking more naps than I was that I used to um mm-hmm. and that might have been the biggest thing um but other than that there was no major indicators and it, it's unfortunate that we don't get told you know every year to go get a neck check or to go get these things looked at so um thankfully it is a slow growing cancer but you know I wish there were obviously more ways to to get stuff looked at for that Mm-hmm. And I think it's also easy to dismiss stuff like that. You know, there's so many other things going on in people's lives and other stuff that they'll, they're going through. So fatigue is something you could easily just say, you know, I just had a tough, like didn't sleep that well last night or you right. have something else going on. And so it's easy to just dismiss those things. But um, I don't think it ever, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We don't really get told. I know that a lot of people say, um, to get checked yearly by your doctor but you never really get told about you know certain certain I would have never said oh check my neck make sure my neck is okay and um, my family actually has a history of um, thyroid problems but it still isn't really talked about that much and it could be dismissed easily for for other um, other things going on as well and so when you got your um, when you got told that you had your tumor and right then and there you got started your treatment and you got your thyroid taken out did you notice a change from that maybe your, was your fatigue better or because every since the thyroid changes so much of your body was it kind of the same or you didn't really notice anything about that I don't think I noticed anything mm-hmm. immediate just because yeah right after it was taken out I was just so my numbers were so bad right after I mean my calcium was like just not, there was no calcium essentially I was just cold and hormonal and I was definitely hypo for a while until they figured out the right dosage um, so it was hard for me to see any immediate 
positive change, I guess, because we mm-hmm. feel all the, I don't want to say negative, but just a drastic change in when we lose the thyroid. Um, because I was completely shocked with how much the thyroid regulates for us, like mm-hmm. to our hair and nails. I mean, the temperature of your body, like how you feel. I mean, it was just a huge shock to me that, you know, you hear the doctor rattle off all the things, but you don't really understand it until you're living it and you're like oh my gosh like I can't even finish like the list of things I want to do today because I'm very organized and I like to have my list and I try to get to as many things as I can during my day Mm -hmm. um and it's hard for me to like let some of that stuff go Mm -hmm. um and so this has been a real humbling experience to be like okay I'm exhausted it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And if I can't do the laundry today, I'm just going to have to get over it because like my body is completely shutting down and it's done for the day. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of acceptance in, in, in it, I guess. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and other than the fatigue, what are some other challenges that you've faced throughout, um, whether it be just when you first had your surgery afterwards or just having your thyroid removed in general what were some challenges that you've had and how did you overcome them um so thankfully my recovery itself went really well I had a great surgeon um I don't know you can't really see the scar but it's like right he put it like in my neck fold um so that itself recovered really well um fatigue hit me the the hardest I would say my calcium levels Um, I was really, really cold and kind of shaky. What else? My weight. So I was gaining a little bit of weight and I'm five foot two. So it sits heavier on me. It's more Mm -hmm. noticeable. Um, So that was really hard because it was so hard to lose it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually haven't been able to lose weight until just finally last year. So that was like almost three years since my surgery when I I linked up with like a, a nutrition, a nutritionist, um, who helped me like count my macros and everything. So I had more control and seeing what I was putting on my plate. Um, and that finally helped me lose weight that it was so hard to lose before, um, because we can work out and, and try to eat better as much as we can, but it just wasn't sticking for us. It just wasn't happening. Um, and I was definitely irritable for a while as well. It was just mm-hmm. like an emotional roller coaster. I was good one day and then the next day I was so just irritated and had such a short fuse. And my endocrinologist was even like, I apologize for you and for your husband because I know like we're going up and down with your medication and I see your blood levels and I know it's, it's a struggle right now, but we're going to get through it. But I know, I know emotionally it's really hard. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, th- I think those were the, the things that I struggled with a lot. And, um, how was it for, did you have a good support system? Was there anything in your, um, throughout your whole journey with it? Is there anything that helped you get through things like a book or maybe a movie, maybe your dogs or your husband, something that really stood out, um, and helped you throughout? Yeah, absolutely. So my parents were there when I, got diagnosed after I got my fine needle biopsy done um, because the doctor was in house. So he was, the pathologist was there. He was able to give us the results right then. So from the start, my parents knew and were right there for me. 
Um, I had actually just started dating my husband now, boyfriend then, um, when this all happened. And he actually was with me when I got my surgery. Like we were essentially brand new and I just threw him a curveball. Like I have cancer. Now I have to get my thyroid removed. I'm going to be, you know, having to go into surgery. Um, and he stayed with me that night. He went to go walk. We only had one dog at the time. He went to go walk my pug and then came back to visit me again in the hospital. Um, and then was there for my recovery and, and really, he just let me kind of go through it. Like he, mm-hmm. he never got impatient with me when I was so up and down in the, you know, the immediate weeks right after it happened. Um, so he was, he was so patient with me, which really, really helped. Um, you know, after, after a few months of the surgery, I was kind of just going through it by myself until Mm -hmm. I finally had the idea, like, you know, maybe I should Google more about this and see if there's anybody else. Like, I didn't even know where to start, but I think I started on Google and Instagram and I found, you know, your thigh for life. I found thigh can survivors. I found, um, the FICA Instagram and I was just going through it and just realizing like, there are so many of us out there. And I was, I was connecting with people. I was starting to follow accounts. Um, I was seeing messaging boards on Google. And I think that community really helped for me to see, like, I could talk to my husband and my friends all day, but none of them have had thyroid issues. They mm-hmm. don't understand how it truly feels when we say we're tired, we don't feel well. It's not like, okay, just go take a nap, get over it. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like, our bodies are exhausted. Like, it's we're done for the day. Like, this is deeper than just go take a nap. Um, you know, we can't get mad at our friends and our support system for not understanding that. But it's just that that wall, that invisible wall that kind of keeps from us fully um, connecting with that. So, um, yeah, the the thyroid survivors community has really, really helped me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think also it's important to have that balance too. Like you said, support system, like your family and stuff, um, they're good for you to be there for you and to listen to you. But when you're wanting to talk about it or, you know, connect with some people, there is only some level of connection that they can do, but not to dismiss them or say that they're not helpful. That kind of support system is really, really important. But it's also important to have, I I think anyways, it's important to have a balance between the two, you know, connect with other people that are going through similar stuff so that you can have a little bit of a deeper conversation for a better understanding since they know that level of fatigue, since they know that level of symptoms firsthand, but also have your family, of course, because um, not to dismiss anybody like that at all. Um, It's, I just, I personally think I'm a very big believer that it's, it's good to have two of them and balance them. And, you know, it's, it never hurts to just look around and talk to a few people. And even though everybody goes through different, different um, journeys and the way that um, they go through things is all different for people, but um, it's, it's nice to talk to people and to connect with them and have that level of, um, you know, we've been through the same thing. We kind of understand each other in some way as well. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. And um, what advice would you give to someone who recently got diagnosed? Maybe somebody who is a similar situation as you or that who just, you know, Think of you think back when you were in the hospital and your mom told you to get that head CT and then you found out that you had tumors. What advice would you give to somebody who just received the same news? 
I would say definitely just first of all, breathe, like just take a breath and just take it day by day. Give yourself some grace. Um, yeah, especially just getting diagnosed, just kind of, I mean, of course, we're our first instinct is we're going to want to read up on it and Google it. But also, you know, that that comes with a grain of salt. You never know what people are going to say online. And you kind of have to just take it day by day, you know, research your doctors, try to figure out your next steps and your plan. Um, and you and if you have to get surgery or, you know, a long term plan and, and, and everything for your life, like definitely just give yourself grace and give yourself just those moments to relax because it's hard and it's it's hard to find you know like you said the balance with your support system um between your family and people that have gone through it you know not everybody is going to understand fully how mm -hmm. how you're feeling um and that it's okay to to not get to everything you wanted to do at that moment um like I said I am very kind of type a organized I like to set my list for the day and get to it all. So it was really hard for me to accept the fact that, you know, I'm not really in control of that anymore. My body has kind of taken over now. Um, and it was hard uh, to, to feel like I lost control of that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's okay at the same time to, to talk to your partner about figuring out plans of, you know, dividing up housework or something like that, or to just give yourself some grace and being like, you know what, it's okay if I don't get to, to it today. It's okay if I don't get to it tomorrow. But when I do, that's fine. Like, you just have to kind of be patient with yourself. Um, and so yeah, I, I wish I wish I told myself that. I wish I knew that back then. I don't know if I would have listened. But yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's definitely important. Because I feel like when I got out of my surgery, I wanted to just go back to, to what I thought normal 100%. And it's my body was like, no, I don't think we're going to do that yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe there's, I I'm also the same way. I'm very type A. I like to make my list. I like to stay organized. And, um, when things don't go what you expected it to be, it's kind of, you know, not, not say expected, but, um, when you can't do what you did, what you, before it's it's kind of it, it does something to you it's really you know it, it's I find it very hard to go through but as well as I think it really stems down to that expectation and with people yeah. overall and going back to where you know you, it's easy to research and go through things and sometimes social media is great and um, the platforms and stuff we have to get more information sometimes it's great but sometimes it also can set those expectations and kind of hide right. behind the actual truth you know sometimes you do have to just slow down and take a step back because your body and what you want to do isn't really in a in a line that day but that's okay it's completely right. fine and it's completely okay to just take that step back but sometimes social media can make it seem like, well, no, everybody's there. This is the expectation. Why am I not like that? Why am I not there? Um, I don't know. That's something that I've always thought about. And um, I really like that advice of just, you know, breathing, taking that moment to yourself mm -hmm. and being alone and listening to yourself and um, just really almost like I know that sounds cliche, but almost asking like, what does your body need? And what do you need in that moment? Not what yep. does everybody else need? Not what does your support system need? Not what does like what you want to have right now? It's like, what do you need in that moment? Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I, I read like an article a while ago that talked about like our energy is, is, is now kind of like spoons, they call it. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I would talk about like, okay, I have a set number of spoons now for my day, which is how we categorize my energy level. And so he's like, you say you want to do that, but how many spoons do you think that's going to take? How many spoons do you have left for your day? And so I'll be Aww. like in the kitchen and I'm like, I'm he, I'm like, I want to cook dinner tonight, but I feel like I only have like, like two spoons left. And he's like, all right, let me, why don't you go sit down and let me handle it? keep your two spoons <laughs> so it's really helped to kind of like talk about mm-hmm. it and and don't be afraid to to kind of be vulnerable and let somebody else help you um mm-hmm. so that that's a really big part of it as well mm-hmm. and um just from a support system um standpoint if what is something what is some advice that you would give to somebody that um is a is the family member going through something um what is something that you think is really important for a support system to do and maybe I know and for example I know in some ways some people think that um, for them it's just better for them to listen and not try to fix the problem but some people they do want that support to guide them to help them fix what they're going through so in your perspective what is something that a support system can offer that would be beneficial to someone who's going through who is going through or went through the same thing as you I would definitely agree of just like that listening aspect Mm -hmm. um, and, and patience, because I feel like sometimes in the moment, I can't fully articulate how I'm, how I'm feeling. And there's just so much going on that I might not get to fully explain. Like it's deeper than me, just tired Um, because they hear, Oh, you're tired. Go sit down, relax uh, take a nap or something, but I'm like, no, it's, it's like, my body is just shutting down. I can't do anything. And, and so it's hard. Um, and so I think the listening aspect, maybe the other, the support system doing a little bit of research as well. I had sent some articles to my husband and it was kind Mm -hmm. of just talking about being like that caregiver. Um, and, and he read them and, and it gave him a little bit better, um, understanding about it. Um, and just like open communication, um, in, in a, in a supportive way. Um, I don't, I don't react well if, if somebody is like, is listening, but then tries to, to guide me to something. I like Mm -hmm. more of like the, the loving supporting response versus Mm -hmm. it's okay. Get up, get over it. Um, I'm not, I'm not keen on the tough love aspect. I know everybody's different. So some people react better to that, but I would just say, you know, yeah, if you, if you know, you're the person um, and you know how they react, but just open communication and and listening and doing maybe that other piece of research themselves of just caregiving in, in general, because it is, it is tough for the support system. Um, it's, because I know it's not easy for them either because they know that they're not fully understanding and they wish to. Um, so I know it's hard on their end as well. So it's just patience on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I actually 
recently read an article about different types of listening and um, some listening blocks that go with it. And I remember reading something about um, how sometimes when we're talking with people and the other person wants wants them to know that they're um, there for them and everything, but they would might take it a, a bit farther and say, like you said, oh, why don't you try just sleeping and maybe that will help you, even though the supports there sometimes giving that advice cannot it's not always beneficial just like you said you don't they're not it's hard to understand so sometimes it's just better to listen and I, I really like the open communication thing too because like you said everyone's different it's it's good to communicate with people and um let them know where you're at and what you need from them too um I think that's beneficial anyways uh another thing is I know that with having your thyroid removed and the stressors around that and what you've gone through and the ups and downs through it all and also managing your physical health I presume that it's been um kind of like a diet change or you know you have to some people have said that for them they've had to you know watch what they eat and everything so how do you balance your mental and physical health and what do you do to maintain um your mental health with having um your thyroid removed yeah so with my diet and everything so i've i've been slightly active my whole life um so after my surgery, I wanted nothing to do with it. You know, I got lazy. I was tired. My body, I just couldn't handle all of that. So I, I took, you know, fitness kind of fell to the wayside. Diet fell to the wayside because it was all just new to me. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until last year that I, you know, and I tried a few different things. I went back to the gym. I started doing um, like Orange Theory. I started doing CrossFit. I was never losing weight. Um, I got Peloton during COVID like everybody else. Um, and it wasn't until I actually linked up with a macro coach through another person I worked with. They were using her. So I, I, I linked up with her and I told her I had thyroid issues. And so she really helped guide me nutritionally with, you know, actually eating more protein and, and, you know, scaling back on fats and carbs and just still eating what I wanted to, but being more um, educated about it and picking things that were a little bit better for me. And that's when like, I was able to lose a lot of weight and, and felt happier. And I felt my energy levels rise as well. Um, and mentally, you know, I got a therapist. I mean, I was so getting therapy, linking up with the the thyroid cancer community and just being able to talk to those people, talk to a therapist and have people that understood what I was going through. Um, that really helped because after the surgery, you know, you're just kind of, you feel alone and you feel like I the way that I felt was like just a blob. Like I was just sitting there. I was cold one day, hot the next day. I didn't want to work out. I was gaining weight. I couldn't lose the weight. Um, so there was just so much out of my control that I felt like I was just like in this hole. Um, and so finally I was trying to dig myself out in different ways, but I couldn't figure out the right path that was best for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the community, it, me connecting with others and talking with others is what helps me um, sharing experiences and, and just reading somebody else post about how they 
they, how they feel and how nobody understands them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that's amazing to hear because that's how I, I mean, it's not, you know, it's unfortunate, but like, that's great to know that I'm not by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously just therapy is just great. I'm a big therapy advocate. I think, you know, it's, it's really important. It's really healthy for you. Um, And so that aspect really helped me and um, it just, all of it combined just helped me get a better um, relationship with my body and my health. Um, so that's, that's really helped. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to add on to the sharing personal experiences and talking with people, that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is so that people could listen to other people's stories and um, again, not know that they're alone. Um, I always like to say it, it's, it's hard to, get a diagnosis of something and then kind of differentiate yourself from that diagnosis to who you are as a person. And um, I always like to say, you know, like you could be somebody with um, your diagnosis, but that doesn't mean it defines you as a person. And sometimes it's hard to have people understand that around you. However, with people, you know, sharing experiences, it's kind of like, oh, I was expected to be here, but, you know, this person also went through something similar to me. It's like, maybe this isn't as as terrifying as I thought it could be. Maybe it's not, um, it doesn't, it, it's different for everybody. But I know when I, when I, for example, for me, when I, I see somebody that it's, it's just, it's almost relieving in a way, but it's not, like you said, it's not amazing that everyone went through that. I don't wish it on anybody or anything, but right. it's, it's also, it's kind of like, okay, you know, I thought it was just me versus like me versus this um, diagnosis or this journey that I'm going through, but it's now you can have people with you. And the power of it all is that um, it's up to you if you want to talk to people or not. So, I mean, like, I'm also a big advocate for going to therapy and doing that as well. I think it's very important. And going back to um, the nutrition, uh, the nutrition side of it, do you, are you somebody that, um, actively tracks what you eat or do you find that to be a little bit too overwhelming um i know some people they need to track it on some certain levels but i've i've talked to some people where they say um it just becomes too damaging in a sense that you obsess over it and then you don't listen to your body and what they actually need you just think you know if that makes any sense is there any way that you help um with your how you balance you know living a healthier lifestyle, but also eating stuff that maybe you couldn't eat, uh, you could, you can't eat as well now, but you could have before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the coach that I use, she does, she does ask for tracking, which was mm-hmm. hard for me at first. Um, and it's, it's an adjustment and it is overwhelming. Um, but it did end up helping me because she, you know, she has, formulas and science behind how Mm -hmm. she looks at what you've eaten for the week and then she kind of caters your numbers and depending on how you felt with it and um you know I give her a weight check-in every every week with pictures and measurements and so she's able to kind of use it um to help me versus like you said how some people can feel overwhelming and it becomes a lot and then you kind of have this negative relationship with food and and Mm -hmm. the numbers um so she's done it in a really in a really good way that's helped me um Mm -hmm. I know people are different and sometimes it couldn't help um but 
you know, there are just other ways to do it with just, you know, researching, you know, the, the better foods for you, the better, you know, they say the better fats like avocado and stuff. And so you can still, you know, eat those foods, but just kind of, you know, when you have more understanding and, and knowledge about it, of the, the right one or the better ones to, to choose that can help fuel your body as well. Um, and kind of strengthen that relationship with food for you as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's really helped. And, um, that's something that, uh, I know the, for the thigh for life app, there's a, a ability that where you can track your symptoms, your blood work and your weight. If somebody is looking for a platform to be able to do that, thigh for life is a good one to do that. Um, and then one question about, um, your scar with on top there, um, just asking some people what was your did you have any initial reaction to a scar or anything there's some people who feel very frightened before their surgery and they're worried about that and they tend to hide it afterwards how what is your opinion about that um yeah <laughs> um so yeah i i was more nervous about just surgery in general and going under and everything i just get super nervous and anxious about that piece um, mm -hmm. after, after the surgery and when we were kind of heading home from the hospital, I remember I definitely was trying to hide it. Like I felt, you know, just that kind of embarrassment and awkwardness. Um, but lately I just, I let it out. I, mm -hmm. I wear whatever, you know, I don't try to hide my neck or anything. I don't cover it up with any makeup. Um, uh, I think it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's our battle scar. We went through something and it, it, I dislike when people say, you know, you have the good cancer and, and so lucky for you because it's still cancer and it's still something that has completely flipped our lives. And it's, it just because it's a slow growing cancer doesn't mean it's cancer nonetheless. I mean, it's something that we've had to change our whole routines. We have to take medication for the rest of our life. We have to do blood work and scans. I mean, it's, it's no easy feat. And so, especially if you've gotten surgery to remove part of it or all of it, it's mm -hmm. something that we've been through. And I think it's, it's a beautiful battle scar that we deserve and we, you know we deserve to say like yeah we we got cancer and we fought it and we're surviving we're thriving we're fighters we're warriors um i had i you can't see it but i got a butterfly tattoo because you know the thyroid is like the butterfly gland mm -hmm. and if anybody asks i'm always happy to say like yeah i had thyroid cancer and yeah i beat it and i'm still beating it and i have a scar and i have a tattoo um and I know it can be scary for people at first to be that vulnerable and to show that stuff off, but I think it's just a testament to what we we went through and still going through for the rest of our lives. Hundred mm -hmm, yeah. percent. Um, well, that is all the questions that I have for you. Do you have anything that you would like to say or add on to? Um, I. I don't think so. I think that's the only thing is, you know, no one really talks about thyroid cancer. I didn't know much about it at all. I never heard about it. Um, and so I love that these communities are here for us. Um, 
you know, because it's not talked about a lot, nobody is telling us how we're supposed to feel, right? So mm -hmm. if, you know, like I said, like give yourself grace, if you just got diagnosed, if you've been diagnosed waiting for surgery, or if you're going, you know, you had surgery and you're going through it, whatever the case, wherever you are, just give yourself grace because nobody told us how to react. Nobody told us how to feel or what this fully means for us. Um, and so however you feel is, is warranted and validated and, and just take it day by day and do the best you can because we're all kind of going through it and we're here for each other. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our guest here on the Thigh for Life podcast. Um, it was really enjoyable talking to you about your journey and everything throughout. And I 100% agree with you for people who are going through something similar um, or the same thing to just breathe, relax. Um, you know, it's hard and also recognize that you will have bad days, you will have bad moments, but that's not the, it's not the end for you. And you could um, work through it and go through acceptance as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So thank you again. Um, that is all for our episode today. Um, and my name is Jillian. I'm your host. And for the people listening, if you haven't already, you can download the app to track your thyroid medications, symptoms, blood work, weight, and see correlations between them all on graphs and connect with the community anonymously. Um, there's a community side of it. You can ask questions, talk with people, and um, be connected with people as well. And um, until next time, thank you so much, Callie and um see you all uh next time thank you so much thank you